From Greenville, South Carolina, we present... Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, preaching Christ in all His fullness. Welcome once again to Let the Bible Speak, featuring messages from the ministry of Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. On today's broadcast, Dr. Cairns will continue this series of studies in the life and earthly ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns shortly. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought from the pen of the great 19th century English preacher Charles Haddon Spurgeon as found in his collection called Morning and Evening. Today's text is found in Psalm 138 and verse 5. They shall sing in the ways of the Lord. The time when Christians begin to sing in the ways of the Lord is when they first lose their burden at the foot of the cross. Not even the songs of the angels seem so sweet as the first song of rapture which gushes from the inmost soul of the forgiven child of God. You know how John Bunyan describes it. He says, When poor Pilgrim lost his burden at the cross, he gave three great leaps and went on his way, singing, Blessed cross, blessed sepulchre, blessed rather be the man that there was put to shame for me. Believer, do you recollect the day when your fetters fell off? Do you remember the place when Jesus met you and said, I have loved thee with an everlasting love, I have blotted out as a cloud thy transgressions, and as a thick cloud thy sins. They shall not be mentioned against thee any more forever. Oh, what a sweet season is that when Jesus takes away the pain of sin. When the Lord first pardoned my sin, I was so joyous that I could scarce refrain from dancing. I thought on my road home from the house where I had been set at liberty that I must tell the stones in the street the story of my deliverance. So full was my soul of joy that I wanted to tell every snowflake that was falling from heaven of the wondrous love of Jesus who had blotted out the sins of one of the chief of rebels. But it is not only at the commencement of the Christian life that believers have reason for song. As long as they live, they discover cause to sing in the ways of the Lord, and their experience of His constant loving-kindness leads them to say, "'I will bless the Lord at all times,' His praise shall continually be in my mouth. See to it, brother, that thou magnifiest the Lord this day. Long as we tread this desert land, new mercies shall new songs demand. I will sing of my Redeemer and His wondrous love to me on the cruel he suffered from the curse to set me free. 
As believers in Jesus Christ seek to witness to the unsaved, they are frequently met by a variety of questions. These might include such queries as, Why did Christ have to be God? Did God create evil? Or, How do we know that the Bible is the Word of God? Dr. Cairns answers these and many other questions on a DVD presentation called Q&A with Alan Cairns. In all, Dr. Cairns responded to over 50 such concerns. We're happy to be able to provide you, free of charge, a DVD containing all of these video portions, about five hours of guidance from God's Word for problems which face the 21st century Christian. You may have a copy simply by requesting it. Just ask for the DVD, Q&A with Alan Cairns. You may email us at info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. You may call us at 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. If you wish, you may write us at Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 
1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Here's an excellent way to provide scriptural answers to family and friends regarding the challenging questions facing believers in this day. On today's edition of Let the Bible Speak, Dr. Cairns brings the next portion of a message called, He Has Done All Things Well. The scripture narrative in Mark chapter 7 contains the record of Christ performing many miracles of healing in the area of Decapolis, a predominantly Gentile region. Apparently, the Lord spent considerable time there since the Jewish leaders persistently rejected him. A warning to those who spurn Christ Multitudes of sick and disabled people came to him, and he healed them all, causing the crowd to exclaim, He hath done all things well. As Dr. Cairns will emphasize, whatever the Lord Jesus Christ does is always well done and is always worthy of who he is, the great Creator and Redeemer. Now here is Dr. Cairns to continue this message, He has done all things well. When you're dealing with folk in all their need, you can do no better than bring them to the Lord Jesus. So they brought him to the Lord Jesus, and they asked him to touch him. The Lord Jesus answered that, and he not only touched him, we really put his fingers in his ears. Something that seems culturally so far away from uh, what we would recognize as proper today, he spat as many think, possibly uh, on the tips of his fingers, touched his tongue. He looked up to heaven and sighed deeply. And then he spoke the one word, Ephatha, be opened. And the result was immediate. The man's ears began to hear, and we read that he spoke plainly. No wonder Mark selected this as the miracle of note. No wonder the people were so excited that no matter how much they were told, don't trumpet this around, they did exactly that. 
by the way, the reason they were told not to spread it around was that there were crowds enough there. And too many crowds simply impeded the progress of the work. So uh, they kept spreading it around. No wonder that they cried out, He has done all things well. What a text. That's one of those texts, you know, that sits in its context. And it makes you understand the whole context. But it's one of those texts that is so vast that you could lift it out of this context and set it in any context and still say it. He hath done all things well. This is a text in praise of the goodness and the greatness and the completeness of the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. He has done all things well. What a testimony those Gentiles raised to Christ. You know, the Jews had seen miracles just as great. They'd seen the deaf healed, the dumb healed, the blind healed, the lame healed. They had seen the dead raised from the dead. The Jews had seen all those things. And yet their leaders were leading them by the nose to criticize, to curse, to reject, to slander. Christ and his disciples, here were Gentiles overwhelmed by what the Savior had done. And all they could say is, he has done all things well. As I say, that testimony is still true. And I want us just to consider it very simply today. And state the obvious, that what the Lord Jesus Christ does is always well done. What Christ does is always well done. And this is true of everything that he does. That, again, is a big statement. You think of him as the creator. And look at his creation and say, he has done all things well. The Bible tells me in John chapter 1 that he is the Word. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him or by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. He is called the wisdom of God, not because he is a mere attribute of God, but because the divine wisdom operates entirely in and through him, the second person of the Trinity, the Son of God. As the Creator, he certainly has done all things well. You look at the vast universe about us. You lift your eyes and let them traverse the starry sky. And when you've studied it all, you'll have to say, he has done all things well. You look at a single cell, and the more you study the microcosm, the more you realize he has done all things well. I have a, an interesting book in my study. I like to read things that are not within the realm of my expertise. That means I can read a whole lot. But I have this book by uh, one of the world's great microbiologists. He does not write as a Christian, but as a microbiologist. And what he's doing is writing to say, we, were, we used to be told that it would be biology that would establish that there's no God, there's no design, there's no cre- cre- uh, creator and no creation. It would be biology that would teach us that we're all here by 
evolutionary chance. But as a microbiologist, he said, I have to come to the opposite conclusion. Evolution cannot be. He says, it sounds very good, sounds very logical, but when you're studying the single cell or the components of a cell, you reach what he calls an irreducible minimum beyond which you cannot go and have anything functioning. But how do you get to that irreducible minimum? He says, it's impossible for this to evolve. It has the mark of its creator on it at every step. When you look at the macrocosm and then the microcosm, you stand back and you say, he has done all things well. Not only as creator, but as the preserver of what he has created. I have often quoted the words of Colossians chapter 1 that... Uh, is spoken concerning the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, God's eternal Son and the second person of the Trinity, through whom he created all things. We are told that by him all things consist. Everything that is in being is held in being by him. What holds the stars and the planets in their place? It is not some impersonal law. It is the word of the person who preserves what he created. Oh, let's understand this. He has done all things well. In the disposition of events... When I don't understand what he's doing or why he's doing it, he has still done all things well. When he brings circumstances as he did to Job, allowing Satan that had appeared to run wild in Job's life without telling Job what was happening. When he allows circumstances to afflict and trials and troubles to pile up, and I don't understand what he's doing or why he's doing it. It's then that I have to say, I just, it was King George VI of England quoted this in one of his most famous Christmas Day speeches, looking forward to another year. He says, you put your hand in the hand of God. You look at that impenetrable, confusing, perplexing set of circumstances, a future dark as far as you're concerned. You've got to put your hand in the hand of the God who's in charge of it all and know that he does all things well. The old hymn says, I don't know what the future holds. But I know who holds the future, and I know he holds my hand. He does everything right. I like to remind myself that everything that the Lord does is worthy of him. The Lord never does anything subpar or substandard. The Lord never does anything that is unworthy of his name. 
unworthy of his greatness, grace, and glory. The Lord never does anything that will not be the cause of eternal bursts of praise. Throughout the countless ages of eternity, we will be praising him. All his works are worthy of him. That's good for us to know. He does all things well. And if that's true of Christ the Creator and the Upholder, it is certainly true of Christ the Redeemer. Back in the councils of eternity, Jesus Christ accepted the place of being the covenant head of a redeemed people, the one who would become a man to live and die as a man, to fulfill the precept and pay the penalty of the law as a man, to purchase eternal life through the shedding of that man's blood. He took that on himself. Paul says, when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, made this way to redeem us who were under the law. And thank God he has done all things well. When you look at the life of Christ, there's never been a life like it. Do you know the greatest literary geniuses in the world could never write a biography like the life of Christ? You talk to Anybody who writes, the most difficult thing in writing is to depict a beautiful character and make it real. You talk to an actor. I remember talking to Dr. Bob Jones, Jr. Those of you who knew Bob Jones, Jr. know he was an actor of professional ability and superlative powers. But those of you who know you, Dr. Bob, will know that the parts that he really liked were the parts of the villains. He could play the villain. Man, could he play a villain. But when he had to act the part of a good person, it's very difficult to make that person real, to have a real heartbeat, to make that person more than a cardboard or plastic cut-out look-alike of a man. That says a whole lot, of course, about our fallen human nature, but I'm not going to get into that. Just saying, Shakespeare and all the great English writers, put them all together, and they could not concoct the picture of a perfect man. Couldn't do it. And yet here in the Gospels we have four unlettered men and they don't set out to write a biography. They simply, as eyewitnesses, or in the case of one reporting an eyewitness, sorry, case of two reporting eyewitnesses, they give us the life of the perfect man. Never been a life like Christ's life. He did everything right. He did everything well. And when he came to die, those who had listened to him speak had had to say, never man speak like this man. 
Now when he comes to die, in effect they have to say, never man died like this man. Even the heathen Romans standing around the foot of the cross, they said, surely this was a righteous man. Surely this was the Son of God. He hath done all things well. What is so well done about his death is that that death set out to accomplish certain things and it succeeded. It satisfied the wrath of God. The wrath of God that was my due upon the Lamb was led. It satisfied God's wrath. It extinguished the fires and the fury of hell for every believer. It put away sin. It reconciled us guilty sinners unto a holy God. It bridged the chasm between heaven and earth, between God and man. It opened the gates of heaven to everyone who believeth. Oh, he has done all things well. They led him in a tomb. But death could not hold its prey. Jesus, my Savior, he tore the bars away. Jesus, my Lord, and up from the grave he arose. He hath done all things well. He rose from the dead. The Russian communists fossilized Lenin's body, well, almost, and had it there for people to go in and look and worship their fallen God. What a, what a sight, a bunch of atheists going in to look at their little God lying as a corpse preserved. But what was true of Lenin's, true of everyone, atheist or not? Every great religious leader, every founder of religions, died and was buried. But Jesus died and rose again. He has done all things well. You've been listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from today's program. We are here as your servants for Christ's sake. If we can be of any further help to you in the things of the Lord, we invite you to contact us. If you would like to receive our booklet, Separated Unto the Gospel, a booklet that sets forth the beliefs and standards of the Free Presbyterian Church, you may have a copy free of charge, simply for the asking. Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Our email address is info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you would like to learn more about the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, we invite you to visit our website, www.fpcna.org. That's www.fpcna.org. This is Charles Kelsch saying thank you for listening, 
and inviting you to join us again as we Let the Bible Speak.